This is the, uh, the band on the run, underdubbed, underdressed. Three, two, one. Untitled Beatles podcast. If you like, let it be naked. <laughs> and you're stuck inside these four balls. Oh. <laughs> oh, come I got four balls. I ain't seen a doctor since Reagan. Stuck inside these four balls. Did he just say balls? Yeah. <laughs> TJ, welcome to the Untitled Beatles podcast. I'm Tony. Hey, Tony, I am TJ, and we get to revisit Band on the Run for the second time in a year. <laughs> It's true, man. Yeah. Yeah. We did the the 50th anniversary, our very own deep dish on it. But today we're going to do a little tavern cut style on uh, this release came out Friday. I think it caught us both by surprise during our busy lives. We knew of its existence coming out, but yeah, it came out Friday and we're like, oh shit, (laughs) there's a band on the run underdubbed. Underdubbed. Half speed mastered. (laughs) Yeah, it's the new trend, what we all made fun of and kind of liked and kind of mocked for Let It Be Naked. And then Double Fantasy stripped. Stripped, yes. Yeah, and then now this underdubbed. I mean, it's a new world of selling us. And I will say, you know, spoiler spoiler alert, I love it. But it's a new trend of giving us less for collector's prices. Oh, it's less band on the run for 180 gram for $38. Okay. I'll buy it. And I did. Oh, you bought it? Okay. Right on. Buddy, I knew it was coming out. I just forgot when because I pre-ordered the vinyl. <laughs> because you're the, holding it. The only way to get the underdubbed on vinyl is to rebuy the half-speed mastered. Uh, and let's let's play collect all the records for a moment. I'm not going to include eight track CDs or cassette, just the vinyl for you. For those of you watching at home on our Patreon, we don't have that yet. This is an original Apple band on the run. Okay. This, my favorite pressing, a Columbia band on the run. I do not have a capital pressing. This is the 25th anniversary double album band on the run. Three. The second album of which features Let Me Roll It from a Barn Rehearsal in 93. Thank you. This is the Archive Collection double album band on the run. Number four. And I just got the Half Speed Mastered that came in the box set. And that's the only way to get the underdubbed on vinyl. So number five and technically number six, we'll call it, with underdubbed. You've got... Six copies of this record on vinyl, just on vinyl. Don't get me started. I've got a, a capital <laughs> eight track and a Columbia eight track. DJ Shadow must collect all the records. Well, we are going to get to our tavern cut in a minute. Can't I wanted wait. to say, though, you are on coming up or maybe it's out now. I don't know, but you just recorded today with Paul or nothing. That's right. I was on with Sam from uh, Paul or Nothing. Hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. Longtime friend of the show, as we are of his. Uh, our shows are a constant. It's like a pissing match to see who's longer. <laughs> our shows are constantly, you know, it's like he's the north and south and we're the roots. <laughs> <laughs> or the blue and the gray or the uh, winds of remembrance or name your ABC miniseries from the 80s. Oh, what? Let's go to NBC. <laughs> what about V? You remember how big V, v was? Yeah. Everyone at school talked about the next day. My parents weren't into it. They weren't into sci-fi. So I never saw V. Oh, you probably called it five. <laughs> <laughs> 
I did call it five and I was too busy watching the thorn birds, TJ. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. Well, what did you talk about with Sam, man? Uh, Sam and I talked about what I think is a top three McCartney album for me. And it's Run Devil Run. And spoiler alert, because I want to deep dish slash tavern cut this with you one of these days, Tony, <laughs> because, you know, they always say McCartney wasn't in a super group. This album is is 25 percent Pink Floyd. I mean, you've got Dave <laughs> Gilmore playing lead guitar on every single track doing these obscure 50s rock tunes, some of McCartney's best original rock songs of the last 30 years. So yeah, I think this album gets lost in the catalog shuffle, and I can't wait to talk about it with you because it kind of rocks your face off in a way most McCartney albums just don't. Produced by Chris Thomas, right? White yeah. album, but he would contributed on the White album, like when he was a kid. Uh, but yeah, he got he got to actually produce this one. That would make sense, yeah, that it rocks like that. And uh, Chris Thomas was a little kid when he was in the White album. He was the um, he was the uh, pig oinking at the end of piggies. That's Chris Thomas' contribution. How come Mal didn't do that? Yeah, so it was great episode with our friend uh, Sam Wiles from the Paul or Nothing podcast. Please do check them out. Check that out. Thanks, Sam. Thanks for having TJ on. One day I'll get on there, man. I've, I've been, you know, busy and all that crap. He's been giving you shit about you not uh, about wait. you not being on there. And I'm like, <laughs> buddy, right. you got to get Tony on because you're both Driving Rain fans. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do five hours on Driving Rain versus your four. So just deal with that, man. Top it. That's <laughs> Top it. <laughs> sign a great improv. I'm going to do it longer. You come walking through my door Like the one that I've been waiting for uh, What else? Like and subscribe. Do all the things. Give us a fab review. We've got merch. It's all on UntitledBeatlesPodcast.com. we got a Patreon as well. Sometimes our listeners, our Patreon members, get on the Discord and they, uh, they give us some Beatle news. Skylar Cat, first one to let me know that the Beatles won yet another Grammy. We were just talking about the Grammys a couple weeks ago, TJ. Was it for the I'm Only Sleeping animated video? It was. Yeah, I saw that. It's exciting. It's a cute video. It's cool. Yeah, it's like a, yeah, it looks like a painting, like an acrylic painting that keeps changing. You're constantly following these shape-shifting uh, images. You see a lot of John circa 66, uh, Shea Stadium. It's great. It's a cool video. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they got another Grammy man. Now, to be fair, TJ, do you think, are there other music videos out there that are done by artists, current artists, ones that haven't broken up over 50 years ago that maybe, maybe this, this Grammy could have gone to? Yeah, I was surprised. Did you see the cartoon version of Herman Herbert's Something <laughs> Tells Me I'm Into Something Good? <laughs> Herman and the Hermits! <laughs> Really? I bet there's another group you like better now than the Beatles. Is there? there is. Which one? Herman and the Hermit. Okay, thanks, Kathy. No, just to be fair, you know, yeah. I just, you know, like, are the Beatles the Jethro Tull to Kendrick Lamar's Metallica? Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> to Billie Eilish's Megadeth? <laughs> to Tyler Childers' Pantera? <laughs> <laughs> I will stand my ground. I'm a bad man looking to take her 
Tyler Childers Pantera is my second favorite Pantera tribute band after Tyler Perry's Pantera. I want to tease you. I want to please you. I want to show you, baby, that I need you. I see you. So, yeah, uh, in the spirit of now and then, although a very different thing, but a lot of the listeners of this particular podcast, I know personally and many others with whom I've communicated on the Discord and in, on Facebook, which I'm no longer on, Mazel Tov. Uh, wonderful, thank you. There's a lot of Billy Joel fans who listen to our show. I think there's a ton of Billy Joel fans who are Beatle fans as well. Billy Joel, over the last couple weeks, released his first new song since a forgotten and under-listened-to song from 07 called All My Life. He wrote for his then-girlfriend. But other than that, I think it's like the first actual charting new Billy Joel song since 93. He hasn't had a new album since 93 that's rock. Wow. I mean, he's had, he's had classical and like, you know, the, the Broadway show Moving Out had a recording, but Billy Joel was part of our generation and the generation before us, maybe after us too, like every couple of years, there's like a new Billy Joel song. I found this new Billy Joel song lovely and in a world that's really fucked up, I can't explain it, Tony. It was comforting to hear a new Billy Joel song, almost in a way that now and then hit me, just in the world we're in, to hear this artist who, whether you liked him or not, you knew there was two new Billy Joel songs every two years, forever and ever. <laughs> then all of a sudden, you go almost 30 years without one, and uh, or without like a relevant one. I know the one from 07 again, but that gained no traction. I don't know if you've heard it or not, but it's a wonderful song, and it really gave me all the feels, both seeing him do it at the Grammys and also just hearing it. I think it's lovely to have a new Billy Joel song. But I see you now As we're laying in the darkness Did I wait too long To turn the lights back on now, TJ, is this your pitch to get Billy Joel into this year's seventh Beatle bracket here on the Untitled Beatles podcast? Coming up in mere weeks, <laughs> it's March Madness at the UBP. Tony, no, I'm not going to pitch Billy Joel because I already pitched successfully Hamish Stewart. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, all musicians this year. So look for that in March uh, on Titled Beatles podcast. But therein lies a question. Mal was a musician. He's credited as one. On Yeah, so he's in there. He is in there. Oh. oh, yeah. He's ranked pretty high, too, man. <laughs> you sent me the list, and I forgot it. But I like that you gave me the Prego response. It's in there. It's in there. Prego. Homemade taste. It's in there. And by the way, we don't make these selections. There's a committee that makes all these decisions. So don't blame us for any of these decisions. A lot of old, rich, white folks who make all the decisions. Yeah, NASCAR. So contact NASCAR. <laughs> For all that. Pretty sure it's NASCAR. You all drive right. a NASCAR. <laughs> I want a ticket to anywhere. Should we do it? Should we do our, our, our little tavern cut on the uh, Wings Band on the Run? Underdubbed? Yeah, Tony. And I think we could both agree that as great as deep dishes and stuffed, I think tavern cut might be the best fucking Chicago pizza, right? Oh, that's what yeah. I'd rather have. That's what I grew up eating. That's just what that's what everyone actually does eat in Chicago. Everyone eats tavern cut style, square cut pizza, uh, thin crust, cracker thin crust, cracker thin crust. <laughs> yeah, man. Cheese, sausage, all the stuff you want on there. Yum, yum. Throw on sometimes a little spinach garlic mix. 
Yeah, if you're feeling healthy, some jardinier and all uh, that. Jardinier on pizza. I love it. I, I like to dip the crust in the leftover Thousand Island dressing from the garden salads, my friend. Hashtag wiki feet. Um. <laughs> that's blue cheese. <laughs> Next on That's Blue Cheese. I bet that pizza tastes good. Well, let's do yeah. it, man. Underdubbed, you know what? And it is, you know what, TJ. In the spirit, I'm gonna take off. Uh, I'm gonna take off a layer of clothing here. I'm gonna get underdubbed here. All right, underdubbed. <laughs> Tony's jacket is slowly <laughs> melting off his what? <laughs> Released what? Friday, last Friday for us, February second, twenty twenty four. Part of, as you mentioned, our already the fiftieth anniversary half speed master. TJ, it says here on your screen, says you are a half-speed bastard. Half-speed bastard. You can buy me for double price and I'll go slower. Collector scum, half-speed bastard. Uh, yes, <laughs> made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, so these are the underdubbed mixes, a.k.a. the Suck It Tony Visconti mixes. <laughs> it's, Paul said an axe to grind on Let It Be Naked was a fuck you to Phil Spector. This is a fuck you to Tony Visconti. Yeah, uh, it's in a different sequence. Yeah, which I quite enjoy. I like. I I appreciated that. It's kind of it's cool to hear it. I like the sequence actually. What did you think of the sequence? Yeah, it, there's a few big differences, but then some of the sequence is the same. So some songs do kind of fold into each other the way they do in the original, and that's it's kind of nice to hear that after hearing some jarring differences, especially going from tracks one to two. Is like a whoa! It's like putting yeah. the CD append on the run on shuffle. <laughs> it is yeah it's like a shuffle play man uh there's no helen wheels at least on this so half speed master gave it yes the half speed master includes it on side two it replicates the american release but this one does not underdubbed kenneth womack called these uh stupendous in their unvarnished power i will say the mixes sounded great i thought the mixes sounded crisp and and i really love the sound on it I did an A-B test to the 2010 archive collection the last time this was really remastered. Yeah. And this mix is punchier. The levels are higher. It's louder. We talk about the 2010 Band on the Run archive collection on the show, Tony, because it was the first one and it's it almost got quickly outmoded. Like the remixes and the remastering is better now. Like something like this probably could have been on an archive collection, but of course that's now fifteen years old or fourteen right. years old. So they it's did that crazy. already. Yeah, yeah. This is like as you said, like the billionth time they've released this record. Now TJ underdubbed does not mean undubbed because you know they're only a three piece. You know, when they're doing this, it's Paul basically playing most everything, drums, bass, some guitar. You got Denny Lane on guitar, also Paul playing some keyboards, mm -hmm. uh, Linda playing keyboards. I mean, if it was going to be completely undubbed and just, you know, there'd be no vocals, it'd probably be drums. Paul on drums for sure. Yeah. And like a Denny Lane guitar part, maybe a rhythm kind of guitar part, just as like a placeholder to like, here's where we're at in the song. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and same with Linda's parts, you know, there's no solos, et cetera. And you would think, yeah, drums are going to be put down first. Yes, that's the way Paul would record his stuff, was laying the drums down first. I would think so, you know, otherwise, if you don't, then you're playing like, I don't know if you've ever heard like a Sid... There's a Sid Barrett solo record where you can clearly tell the drums were done after Sid's guitar playing and his, you know, his timing's erratic. So some of these drum fills just like retard into like, whoa. 
for the most part, I'm pretty sure Paul laid drums down first. Anyway, so these are underdubbed. They're not overdubbed. The overdubs are chosen. There's going to be some overdubs on here. Uh, those there's like talk online. People think, well, are these demos? Are they is it, it's kind of stripped in a different way. The Lennon double fantasy thing was every song has some elements that are overdubbed and some have less. And like to me, among the most revelatory is Jet, which has the most production. That to me, I, I will say, I think this entire album is astonishing. Like listening to it blew me out of the water, but I don't think any moment got me the way Jet did when that when that first started and hearing the simple piano licks and the guitar and the drums, the potency of the mix of the drums in this version of Jet. Yeah. Holy hell, it feels like more of a rock song than it ever has. I agree with you, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, it starts off as it should with Band on the Run, title cut. Again, we get rid of the orchestra, so it's a really crisp, clean sound. It's, yeah, it's just going to be the guitar, the bass, the drums, and the keys. It's a different vocal huh. than the master, and there's also a couple little slips where yeah. you can you you can hear them start to sing and then and then back off it. So it's very kind of it almost this to me feels like Band on the Run meets Ram. Oh yeah, totally. I totally get that. Yeah, and I like that. Yeah, yeah, in a wonderful way. The, yeah. two, two of his best albums. Yeah, man. Other than Flowers in the Dirt, which I know you love from a production standpoint. I love from a songwriting <laughs> standpoint. I really do. We'll get to Flowers in the Dirt. <laughs> it's a five part. If Rebro Speedway was three parts, we're doing a fucking month on Flowers in the Dirt. There's enough bonus tracks that and off the ground. We could do six week episodes. Off the ground, yeah. I wonder why our numbers went down somewhere around that <laughs> off the ground part six. <laughs> I No, but I agree with you, though. I, yeah, I feel like I'm used to hearing maybe like a double-tracked Paul vocal, and I felt like maybe the double-track was lower in the mix. It felt more like a single track. Uh, I do love Paul catching himself going into the second verse early. Like you mentioned, I love hearing yep. Linda's interjections in the way back, like off mic kind of, just saying yeah. like, yeah! that American yeah that she does. There's like a meow that Paul does in there that blends into with like a what would have been the keyboard overdub that they lost. Yeah, I really liked it, man. I really liked it. It sounds like a rough mix. It sounds like if you're in the middle of recording a record and you're doing your basic tracks and you're laying down vocals, this is the track that you go home and you listen to in the car on your way before overdubs, before orchestra happens some other week, you know? Yeah, it's, I have to say that when this was released as a teaser single, I think right around the beginning of the year, right. I played on YouTube, I think twice, and I remember thinking, 
this sounds pretty good. Why do we need this? And then hearing <laughs> it in the context of the album answer that question right away. I'm thrilled because maybe as a standalone, it's a curio, but the way the album flows together with a different track listing and the sparse playing, it takes you as close to being in the room in Lagos as you've ever been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mixes are really great. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to remember that word curio. I'm going to remember that word curio for later. Okay. As we, we move on to Mamunia, as I like to say. Mamunia. Well, Mamonia, as it was spelled in the Greek release. <laughs> oh, that's why. You've, you always <laughs> listen to the Greek release. No, the, I actually own the Greek uh, vinyl of uh, Rock and Roll by John Lennon pressing it. I don't know why, but I have it. Uh, and, he, and he covers Mamonia on it. <laughs> <laughs> he really does. It's on there instead of Yaya. I'm oh, sorry. Um, I've always heard it as Mamonia. I understand that, right? But then I had, I went and listened to it, and they are saying Mamunia. Isn't that funny? It's one of those like uh, Doppler effects, maybe, or something like that. Yeah, it's like a Tom Skilling. Tell us about it. And here's the radar view of a complicated storm system whose rains are moving in on us right now, as you can see. Again, I, I think the mixes sound great. I don't think... What did they get rid of? I didn't hear too much. Did they? Because the Moog is still in there, which I liked. Yeah. Uh, it does feel like it's missing something. Again, this is a this is an emergency podcast. We threw this one together. I haven't had time to like a B or do anything like that. So I think it's missing some of the vocal stackings, and you can hear with more clarity some of Paul's kind of off mic commentary. Nice, nice. That's that's fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get we get a lot of fun like studio things that were cut out that you can hear uh, or were buried in the mix uh, coming up later on too. Yes. That stuff's always just fun. You know, it's just hearing a work in progress. I guess. Yeah. It's like hearing a work in progress. Yeah. Shout out to our good friend, Abby McEnany. Hi, Abby. Yeah. There's another show I worked on. This is my resume. It's my audio resume, everybody. <laughs> didn't, and I don't, again, telling tales time, but didn't you sabotage that one because you weren't getting enough FaceTime? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in a bus scene as an extra uh, with headphones on, um, and I thought I should have some lines, and uh, yeah, next thing I know, the show's got canceled. <laughs> you did not kill your therapist. Um, I'm pretty sure I did. It was actually a really big deal to me. Of course, it's just not like your child or something. Well, I don't have a child. Thank God, right? Thank God I don't have a child. A child that died. Great, and now it's time for Tony's favorite fucking song on the album. This one, <laughs> no words. <laughs> this, I almost this. spit this out on my computer. <laughs> never take a sip when TJ's setting up. <laughs> and never take a drink when TJ's shutting down. <laughs> um, this flows the same way it does on the Band on the Run album, except, of course, these two songs open side to a Band on the Run. Yeah, right. Yeah, And they're not as patched together. There's a space in between them on this, which is interesting interesting you kind of hear a more of a flub on the initial keyboard intro there's a weird <laughs> flub to kick it off which i think's neat this is my favorite mix of my least favorite song on the record
Like this one's not overproduced on the album, so this one doesn't feel that much different. There's some Viscotti stuff missing, I think. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. To me, it just sounds like I don't know. It sounds like a great rocker. I feel like they could have put it out this way. I don't know if I want to say it's better, but that might be the new mixes speaking to me right now. But I definitely liked this one a lot. I love the sound on it. I think it could have been on Band on the Run this way. And yes, Anne McCartney's bridge, his singing is mixed so hot. It's great. Yeah, it's cool. It doesn't sound buried. Yeah. I think that's where the Visconti arrangements are on the McCartney bridge. The burn in love. I think there's little little uh, string parts under that, unless I'm hallucinating. But here, there's certainly not. And it just sounds very crystal clear and lovely. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. Sometimes you don't need to dress everything up or gild the lily or whatever. Yeah. Especially with a rock song like this. Yeah. Let's get into Jet, right? Oh, buddy, did this hit you the same way? The the opening without the horns? I prefer it without the horns. Yeah. Wow, okay. I've never been a big fan of the horn sound. Honestly, that 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 horn sound, that intro has always turned me off to the song, but I like everything else about the song. It's always been that beginning. Have you ever imagined it with, with Stan Bronstein playing the saxophone at the beginning? <laughs> would that make you like it more? <laughs> that would be better. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. It'd be more than two notes, I tell you that. <laughs> Three, motherfucker. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Oh, there's one that goes up. Okay, all right. There's one in between. All right. <laughs> and one that, that comes down. Uh, yeah, man, I do like the horn. But I think this one is so great without it, with just the keyboard being more prominent. Linda playing the keys. Yeah. And Paul and Linda making those chimpanzee sounds at the at the top. I love it's it. It's so great. I love that because that's just excitement. That's studio fun. That's them. Yeah. Having their their Paul and Linda parties that they have. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love the driving part that uh, you can hear the bass and the drums just kicking so much where the solo usually is and uh, isn't in on this. It's mm, great. It just drives. It drives. But I miss that Moog solo. That's my one. That's my one boo is that they left out the Moog solo. You know, with Pro Tools, you can make your own move. <laughs> I like to moog it, moog it. <laughs> also, I think it's a great showcase for Paul's lead vocals, man. Talking, we were yeah. talking about Paul's vocals earlier. Yeah, it's bringing out the rock. It's bringing out his little Richard or whatever, like his rock persona. That definitely got him out of that critique that he had of being soft and whatever around Red Rose Speedway, lightweight mm-hmm. or whatever they used to like to call him in 72, three. Yeah. Tony, um, I want to thank you for bringing out The Rock. <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> TJ, 
You're welcome. There'll be lots of the hair. Any chance to drop that? When you start to be gone. So funny. What could I say? It's just you're welcome. Having no concept of that was like in a cartoon or whatever. I, and I thought that was like The Rock trying to do like a song. I was like, what in the fuck is happening? It's funny either way. But yeah. Yeah. Uh. Now, more fun, like, studio stuff that you get to hear. You get to hear Paul scatting on the outro, where eventually the horn part goes. It's so neat, and they still end on the major seven, even without the horn. That wasn't a post-production decision, ending it on the major seven. And hearing that without the horns is just so lovely. This is... They found a way to make one of Paul's greatest songs greater in this mix. I I love it. Right on, man. Right on. Do we flip over to side two now or how does when does side two happen? We finish up with Bluebird at the end of side one. Ah, copy that. Yeah, again, not too far removed from the original mix. Mm-mm. The one thing I noticed the the Wiro overdub is way high. That Yeah. Late at night when the It's like the new trend of like, uh, what is the hard day's night with the bongos being uh, <laughs> of the level that angered George Harrison in 87, but even more <laughs> oh, right. on the yeah. remix. Yeah, Tony, and also not hearing this with saxophone is a different experience. Mm. Yes. Yeah, it's missing that sax. That's what's missing. Yeah. Yeah. Again, could have been Al Bronstein in there. <laughs> I think it's Sid. Al Bronstein's an accountant. <laughs> oh, Sid right. Bronstein was part of the uh, Elephant's no. Memory Band. No, it's not Sid. What is it? Stan Bronstein, Sid Bronstein, Sid Bronstein brought the Beatles to the Hollywood Bowls. (laughs) Yeah, that started Screw Magazine. (laughs) If you can't afford Cracked. (laughs) No, that's a porno magazine. (laughs) It was like lower than Hustler. It was it was like that. (laughs) I just assumed it was Cracked for those for whom Cracked was too expensive. All right, everybody, we are back. My next guest tonight has been the publisher of Screw Magazine for the past 31 years. Please welcome Al Goldstein. Well, you flip the record. Thank you, TJ. Yeah. And you get my favorite track from this record, Mrs. Van Duh Built. When you Again, I missed the sax. This is where I definitely missed the sax. That said, if it was in there, like, okay, what's the, what are, what are you taking out? Right? right. There's not much missing from this beyond that. And 
I think it's really fun without the sax. Mm. Do, do you do you hum it? Do you, uh, is it like with the Penny Lane Canadian Coda piccolo <laughs> trumpet? Are you throwing it in there? Um, or are you throwing in your own like, oh, this is the way I would have done a solo, you know? You know, Tony, I'm not really a hummer. <laughs> no, but you are a blowjob. Tell you what. <laughs> Whoa, you are correct. <laughs> Speaking of Screw Magazine. Now, Al, explain how you ended up here, because a lot of people say, why is Al Goldstein coming on the most prestigious and popular late night show in history? I was at Beachy, one of my favorite restaurants. Nice restaurant. Nice restaurant. Noel Stein, the manager, dear friend, says Conan O'Brien is at the bar. I said, he's Irish. Redundancy. Of course he's at the bar. <laughs> so I send you over my card saying I will perform oral sex on you if you book me. You came running over with your lean, six-foot-four Irish body saying that's the best offer I ever had. We kid, we kid. I love this song, but I miss the sax. That's about all I got to say about it. I, well, I say keep the song, lose the sax. Next oh. up, Mark Harmon <laughs> stars in a romantic comedy about baseball and finding yourself. Through the laughter and the tears, love lasts forever. I love you, Billy Boy. Stealing Home, rated PG-13. Look for it in your video stores. Shout out to Mark Harmon. <laughs> Shout out to Eric Carmen, who, had, who also had hungry eyes. The next one is for those of you who love karaoke and your McCartney albums. The next one is like listening to the early Beatles, just setting your speaker to R. <laughs> yes, this is an instru mostly instrumental. <laughs> There's no words in this song. It There's is no, uh, yeah. it's not no words though. It's not no words. No, I think something happened at the between communication at the uh, mastering facility. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's an instrumental version of uh, 1985. Uh, they kept those uh, shipwrecked Beach Boys harmonies in there, uh, but there's no like lyrics to the song. Uh, yeah, I thought this was a curious choice. Like, why why not put the vocals in there? Yeah, it okay. I agree with that, and it would have been more curious to end the album with it because it mm -hmm. it does feel a little. I mean, it's. Here's the thing. It's played incredibly, and those Beach Boys harmonies are wonderful. Linda sounds prominent anytime she's singing, certainly more so on this version of the record than on the, the version that we've known and loved for 51 years. Um, but yeah, I mean, this one to me feels, I don't know, it's almost like putting Eleanor Rigby strings only on Anthology 2. Yeah, sure. You know? Right. And that makes it kind of a, a curiosity, yeah. I would label yeah. this one under curio. It's a curio, yeah. For sure. This is also one, I think, I would imagine that Paul actually probably laid the piano down first and then put the drums after on this. Yeah, well, it's kind of like the one-hand clapping version, I think, alludes to that. Is that right? From a little later, yeah. I'm pretty sure it starts off with just Paul playing piano. That's a great version of it. And then the band kicks in. It might even go to the album edit after that. Uh, I know you're really sad this one doesn't end with a tacked-on reprise of underdub <laughs> underdubbed band on the run. We gotta we gotta make that. No, we don't. 
This is proof that uh, MPL Productions listens to this show. <laughs> My complaint about <laughs> Band on the Run <laughs> was that it ended with the unnecessary reprise. It should just end with the 1985. So thank you. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you for accommodating my demands as a oh, listener. God, Tony's walking around with a John and Yoko bedding <laughs> t-shirt with a Universal logo on it. Sell out. Not anymore. I took it off, TJ. I am underdubbed. You know, when you, you're making a song and you put um, an extra guitar on, that's an overdub. So we thought, well, these sounded like Underdubs. Well, it sounds yeah, it sounds good. It does sound good. I wish there were vocals on the 1985. But yeah, man, curio. It would be nice if they would somebody, not you, not producer Casey, certainly not me, would mash up the Van Halen album 1984 with this track, <laughs> so you could kind of have like a New Year's Eve celebration in one tune. There you go. Now you got a New Year's Eve tradition courtesy of us here. <laughs> All right. Next yeah. up is uh, Picasso's last words. Grand old painter died last night. His paintings on the wall. Before he went, he bade us well and said good night to us all. Drink to me, drink to my health You know I can't drink anymore My least favorite song on this record But you know what, again, I'm going to call this Curio This is another Curio Yeah, we get rid of all the Tony Visconti stuff Here's what I love hearing All the little tape punch-ins that they left in Yeah, that are that's neat it's kind of like a Mr. Kite kind of vibe to it at times. There's this like strange studio madness underneath lurking going on uh, mostly midway through the song. You can hear, you hear him say, uh, okay, Jeff, at one point talking to Jeff Emmerich. Okay, Jeff. I still think it's a weird song uh, that can't make up his mind on what song it wants to be, but it's, yeah, I, I liked hearing it in this context. One, you just described every great Paul McCartney song, and two, <laughs> I, 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 have you heard Backseat of My Car lately? Um, I, which is a great song. Which is a great song and cohesive. Yes. That's, just like Admiral Halsey and all that, yeah. Yes, however, Backseat of My Car overstays its welcome by a minute 10 just at the end right just uh -huh. at the the one more time thing which is that's classic paul right one more time around people in the middle curtain goes down cincinnati curtain back up. now just the <laughs> just the women come on cincinnati it's all um, that it's all that yeah uh I think that this actually, without the Tony Visconti orchestration, heightens what I like about it so much. The cleverness of the way this thing is performed. This has a Beach Boys kind of component yeah. to it as well. 70s Beach Boys, yeah. 70, or, 70s well, late 60s, like late 60s. Holland yeah. era Beach Boys, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, or Surf's Up. Yeah, yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. 
This is, you know, for those of you whose favorite Beach Boys song is Funky Pretty, which is actually, <laughs> it's a great tune. Oh, yeah. This accentuates all those kind of Beach Boysy, weird McCartney things without the orchestration. And my note was very similar to what you said. You can almost hear the edits in the middle of this. It's oh, yeah. it, it, it feels like you're peeking into the editing process in an incredibly cool way. Totally. Yeah, and there's some loose guitar playing in there too that probably maybe it was either cut out or just buried in the mix. Yeah, it's cool. I like seeing that. It's like, yeah, the BTS, you know, not the not the K-pop, behind the scenes. That's what I'm trying to say. Let's go. That sounds a banger. Am I using the word banger correct? Dynamite's a good tune. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not familiar with it. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> come on. How come Taylor Swift gotta be a woman when I'm watching the football? <laughs> that sister is legit. Ain't none but love for Taylor Swift. Well, it closes, TJ, with uh, Let Me Roll It, a nice bluesy rocker. Do you hear a wolf howling in the intro? Oh, <laughs> I heard a pre-roll vocal. I like that it's a, a wolf howl. I like that you heard that. So, yes, I'm going to yes and that. Paul McCartney, Werewolf in Lagos. <laughs> He <laughs> got werewolf in Lagos. That's good, man. That's good. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is incredible. I don't know how much is different in this other than the mix is astonishing. It's great. Yeah. I would say it's not too far removed. The elements are not too far removed from the original mix. But the mix is, yeah, like we've been saying, it's just brighter, it's crisper, it's louder. More effect on his voice, Tony? Something? Yeah, his voice right? feels like it's re more reverby or something, but it works so... Reverb and distortion. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah, they made it a little more Sun Records or whatever, maybe. A little more John Lennon rock and roll style, which, you know, we talked about that comparison on the Deep Dish. Yep. I think it's a great way to close the record, yeah. I like the sequence. I'm not saying Band on the Run should have been the sequence, but I like the sequence. Yeah, it's the closest we'll ever come to experience, until they release the demos of this, to experiencing what went on in those studios in Lagos, and it further accentuates the greatness of the story of how they persevered after a nightmare with the studio, a nightmare with uh, dealing with Ginger Baker, a nightmare with the being, getting robbed. There was yeah. so much, uh, two band members quitting uh, on, on the 11th hour. Yeah. Which fueled him more to make this such a great record, I think. He was like, I'm going to face this adversity head on and make probably the best record of my life, you know, to some people. I would say that 
coming so soon after Denny Lane's passing, this album's extra bittersweet because mm. you look at the cover and I mean, six months ago, two of the three members of Wings of the Time were still alive. Now it's just Paul. Yeah. And it's right. interesting how the ravages of time have really permeated through, you know, the Beatles community as we know it. Another reason to be grateful for Paul and Ringo, Knockwood, who are still wonderfully with us and making new music. Yeah, man. I am uh, relishing these years as we still have them, for sure, man. Let me ask you a quick ethical question before we wrap oh, about sure. this. What's the future in your mind of uh, underdubbed? And mm -hmm. we know about the remixing of stuff, but is is the next step rather than just remix revolver issue revolver basic tracks or revolver? Mm -hmm. I mean, we've heard the demo. Like, where does this stop? And do you think an album that you don't love like flowers in the dirt or an album that I love and I think's produced two eighties press to play could be used. They could use technology and restore the glory of the songs. Is that where we're headed? Uh, yeah, man, I think so. I mean, I still think these records are a bit of, again, curios. I'm going to just keep using that word. I think these are curiosities, but that said, we have a lot of people that have, mixing software technology at their fingertips in their homes as consumers the stems come out the drum tracks the guitar parts i feel like we're heading towards a place where you can create your own mix everyone will have their own mix of their records for better or for worse i think that's where it's going that'll be like the new nbc reality show the remaster off <laughs> who's going to remaster this right. bad 80s Clapton album better <laughs> right that's a good I mean you just pitched something there and you like five years from now or less that shows on the air I guarantee that that's the new CD review or audio monthly magazine that's <laughs> the new like where do the nerds go yeah man yeah audio jeopardy like okay I'll take Dolby NR for a thousand <laughs> <laughs> Right. Uh, what sounds like shit and just increases the bass? <laughs> yeah, Dolby NR or Lossless. Which which you got? Five point one versus stereo. Zune or Chrome? <laughs> right. I'm old enough to remember when Chrome was a cassette, not a browser for the world's biggest company. <laughs> My little boy. Ordinary ferric cassettes. Recordings are sometimes distorted on the higher notes. BASF chrome cassettes sound sharper because they're more receptive to high frequencies. So switch to BASF chrome cassettes for spot on sound. Well, thanks to our producer Casey Baker for throwing this emergency podcast together. TJ, this is a good idea throwing this one together. Yeah, I'm glad we did it. There's a lot more to talk about, too, Tony. Um, oh. I think coming... Let me take that again, because I don't think there is. Three... <laughs> three <laughs> I'm great at teasers to nothing. Three... <laughs> you want blue balls? Call the Shando. That's, that's your autobiography. <laughs> teasers to nothing. Untitled Beatles podcast. Like and subscribe. 